On today's show, I am building my Mets dream team for the 2024 season. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we are breaking down my Mets dream team. In the first segment, I'll talk about the two top targets I would love the Mets to acquire this offseason. In the second segment, we'll talk about how you can build around those two players and you know, what that would maybe mean for your budget. And then the final segment, we'll throw the budget away and just give you the absolute complete pipe dream where Steve Cohen spends like $400 million. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Building out a dream team for the New York Mets next season. I think this free agent period is one of the more interesting ones that we've had in recent memory because the class is just so thin. And it's not even necessarily top-heavy. There's a couple names, of course, that are atop the list, and we'll be going through them on the show today. But it's really hard to just rebuild your team overnight this offseason. But what we're going to do today is try to accomplish just that. And if you're building on a dream team, wouldn't you think that the first thing you would do is grab the best possible player and put them on the roster? And this offseason, the best player in baseball is available. And free agency, and the Mets have an owner that can sign anyone. Shohei Otani. Should the Mets go all in on him? Well, if you've been listening to this show for this offseason, you probably know my take on this one. Of course, the Mets sign Otani. I will be all in. I'm not an idiot. But I think there's a couple of other offseason targets that are more exciting. That's why I'm sort of out on Shohei Otani, and I am all in on Yama Soto. That's what I want. I want Yama Soto. Two players in one. We've heard that before. That's Shohei Otani. He's literally two players in one. These are the two players. This is the, the, the dragon that you can combine together. These two guys who can give you everything that Otani could in the peak scenario, but it's actually two players, and I think they would give you so much more value because you know what? I like Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the pitcher, a lot more than Shohei Otani, the pitcher. He's younger. He's not coming off his second Tommy John surgery. Uh, you know, he's 25 years old coming over and just seems like the absolute best pitcher in this free agent class. Apologies to Aaron Nola, who just got his deal, and to Blake Snell, who just won his second Cy Young. If you can get a 25-year-old ace, that's the top free agent starting pitcher. And then there's Juan Soto, who might not be the hitter, that Shohei Otani is, but he's not trying to pitch. 
He's more durable, so I feel better about that aspect of it. And the guy is just a walking 400 OPP every single year. He is going to get on base over 40% of the time every season. So you have that, and it's just the floor makes me so comfortable and cozy to think about a future Mets team that's built up of Francisco Lindor, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Juan Soto, hopefully Pete Alonso, but we'll cross that bridge next offseason. Like if you just think about how this team could evolve, the prospects that would filter in, it just makes sense. Now give me either of them. And I'm on cloud nine for the Mets offseason. If they sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Juan Soto gets traded to the Yankees, okay. Okay, sure. You know, it's unfortunate to see Soto not in a Mets uniform, but hey, maybe the Yankees don't get that deal done and you have another crack at it next offseason. But if they pull off either deal, if they make the trade for Juan Soto or they sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto, it would be such a success for David Stearns in this front office. But if they get both, that's the dream. And for those of you who are wondering, well, how much would that cost? I've been discussing these two guys in particular all offseason. So I'll point you to the November 3rd episode of Lockdown Mets, which was titled, Mets Can't Mess This Up, Get Juan Soto at All Costs. I don't remember entirely if I broke down the contract, but I definitely broke down the prospects that it would take to acquire him. And I really went into how far down I'd be willing to go or how all in I'd be willing to see the Mets go to get this guy when it comes to top prospect capital. For Yamamoto, I've done many shows on him this offseason, but I did one on October 24th. Will Kodai Senga recruit Yoshinobu Yamamoto to the Mets where I did project a contract? And it might have been on the low end. I also wrote an article for just baseball.com about it as well. If you look up contract prediction, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, you'll find my article. Um, and I, I sort of broke down the comparison of him and Kodai Senga, what I thought he would get. Who knows? But this is about building out a dream. And to me, the dream is Yoshinobu Yamamoto is headlining the rotation, and Juan Soto is the best bat anchoring your lineup. And then what does that look like? Well, if you just make those two additions, your rotation is Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana. It's a really good one through three. There's obviously some weakness on the back end. Then you're looking at Tyler McGill, Joe Lucchese, Jose Budo. That's why we have two more segments today because we're going to try to fill that out. The lineup. <laughs> this is where the Juan Soto thing just gets me so excited because I think if they made the Juan Soto trade, they don't have to add another position player. Yes, the roster is a little bit ill-fitting, but there's so much talent that I'm just willing to bet on this team. Brandon Nemo, your starting center fielder, batting leadoff. Francisco Lindor at shortstop, batting second. Juan Soto anchoring your lineup, playing left field, batting third. Pete Alonzo and Soto Alonzo. Remember, this guy gets on base at a 400 clip, and Pete Alonzo in a contract year might hit 50 bombs. I mean, come on. You might be starting 2 nothing most games. All right, that's amazing, one through four. Jeff McNeil batting fifth, playing second. Francisco Alvarez catching. Either Brett Beatty or Ronnie Mauricio starting at third, whoever wins that job. Mark Vientos being the DH. Starling Marte in right field, batting ninth. Your bench, you have DJ Stewart if he's not just taking Marte's job, if Marte's hurt um, in right field. Ronnie Mauricio is who I'm projecting on the bench with him. That's if Beatty can win the job. Or, you know, Mauricio could be the DH. Vientos could be a right-handed power bat off the bench. 
Nervaez, and then, I don't know, Zach Short, who cares? We'll get to that more in the final segment, who that last player could be. But to me, if you just think about that one through nine, the length of that lineup, yes, you're counting on some of those players from this year that didn't perform to step up again. But you know, if McNeil and Marte bounce back, if you get a breakout from some of the kids, and then you still have that one through, I mean, again, the one through four, Nimmo, Lindor, Soto, Alonso, and then the top three in the rotation, Yamamoto, Sanga, Quintana, that's a team that could you know, come together under a new manager and shock the world. So that right there is the, the core of my dream team. It's Yama Soto. That's it. Now, how you build out the roster beyond that, how do you get more pitching? Because this team is still certainly thin. We still haven't even addressed the bullpen. That's what we're going to get into more in the next segment. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options from the spread, the player props, the over-unders, and more. And you got a lot of sports you can bet on. There's the NFL, there's college football, the NBA season in full swing. So what I like to do is I like to look at my favorite team, the Miami Heat, and if I'm watching a game that night, I want to just increase my, my rooting interest more. So maybe I'm betting on Duncan Robinson over-unders on threes and Bam Adebayo over-unders on rebound and the Heat winning the game. If you're a Knicks fan, you could do the same thing with Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson. There's so many ways that you can get in on the action. And remember, $5 uh, money line bet. You win that, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season or the NBA season, FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Now, before we get back to building out our Mets team around Yamasoto, I want to give a shout out to our Locked On Mets insiders because they gave me the idea for this show. Last week, I sent out a text to the insiders and said, hey, what do you want to see me cover on the show coming up here? And somebody sent in, I would love to hear what your Mets dream team is. Now you got what today's show ended up being. So thank you to them. If you want to become a Locked On Mets insider, be inside the scoop of everything going on with the Mets, with the show, getting those type of text messages, you can find the link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash locked on Mets. Now, this is a dream team episode, right? So I shouldn't have to worry about money, but I also want to, you know, make this somewhat realistic. And I do think while the chances of the Mets actually pulling off both of those transactions is slim just by the nature of the market that each of them has, you know, Juan Soto, there's a lot of teams in on him in the trade market. And a lot of those same teams are looking at Yamamoto and free agency. So it would take a really heroic effort by David Stearns to pull all that off. And if he does, I want to make you understand a little bit how hard it would be then to build out a team beyond that, just with the amount of money that is already you know, spent on this roster and then would be added to it by taking on Juan Soto's contract, which would be $27 million is his projection through Track. Uh, through his final year of arbitration. And then you have Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who's going to at least make 25. And some people are all of a sudden projecting $30 million per season. 
You're adding that to a Mets luxury tax payroll right now, which is over $260 million. It can add up quick. And, and you know, last year their luxury tax was, I think, $357 million, according to Spot Track. So theoretically, you have close to $100 million to spend. But basically, I would look at those two additions with where the Mets are at and say, okay, you might have $40 million. If this was a realistic building out of your roster, and with that, Ronaldo Lopez just signed, so one of my top relief targets is off the board. And, of course, he signs with the Braves, which is awful. Um, Three-year, $30 million deal. They're going to try to make him start, too, which was a very interesting wrinkle that came out after the deal was reported. But the point being, Lopez got $10 million per. Jordan Hicks is a reliever. I would love to see the Mets sign. Probably, I think, the top target left on the board that's realistic because I don't see them getting Josh Hader. Well, if Lopez got $10 million per and Hicks is three years younger, I believe he's 27. I think Lopez is 30 and he is coming off maybe a slightly better season. But you just look at his stuff and the fact that he's throwing you know, 102 mile per hour sinkers and it's just disgusting stuff that I feel like he's going to get maybe overpaid in this market with the lack of pitching that's available. He might make $15 million per. It'd be a ton. But at this point, it wouldn't shock me. So you're armed with that information on the bullpen side. And then Lance Lynn signs today as well. Goes back to the Cardinals, a one-year $10 million deal. That's all in innings, right? This is a guy that, if nothing else, is still going to strike out some batters and is going to pitch a lot of innings. He gets $10 million for that. That makes me question, like, even that Tier B, Tier C starter, how much money they're making because Lance Lynn – you can't even call him a tier B starter. If the year he had, he's more like a tier D, but because of the innings, I get that he's respected more than that. This is a return to where he started his career. Makes a lot of sense, but I'm looking at the starting pitching market and I'm saying, all right, how much is Seth Lugo really going to make? You know, what's Lucas Giolito getting? So to try to build this out, and if you're looking at maybe $40 million to play with and you're trying to add four pitchers, maybe one starter to three arms in your pen, ooh, that's tough. <laughs> really tough and that's why the Mets are going to be expensive no matter what happens this offseason I wouldn't be surprised at all if they ended up spending more money in their payroll this year with all the dead money that's on the books than they did last year and they still had some dead money in the books last year so what players would fit under that umbrella that 40 million dollars I look at two starting pitchers that to me make sense um maybe three Wade Miley will throw in there I wouldn't love it. I, I, I'd be okay with it, but I'd be concerned because the last you know, four seasons, it's sort of been every other year this guy gets hurt, and he was relatively healthy last year. So I just wonder the durability there. Uh, but he turned down a ten million dollar mutual option, so he thinks he's going to get more for multiple years. So that's pretty interesting. The, the two guys I'm really looking at uh, is Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez, and I think they deserve a full show along with Michael Waka. All of those starting pitchers that hit the market from the Padres, um, not including Blake Snell, which is a whole other conversation. But Martinez, last year he made $10 million. He hit a $1 million in incentives. Lugo made seven and a half. He turned down a $7.5 million player option. I think those guys you can probably get. I look at the Jose Quintana contract from last year, two years, $26 million. Like You might be able to get those guys. Uh, you know, Martinez was a swingman. He had a 2-3-2 ERA in nine starts and then had 54 appearances out of the pen where he pitched to an ERA just over four. Lugo was out of the rotation all year and he had a 3-5-7 ERA. He was really good. So 
I like reuniting with Seth Lugo. Now, for the bullpen, David Robertson, Brent Suter, and Joe Kelly. I did a whole episode on this last week on the relief pitchers the Mets should go after. Um, so you could get more of my thoughts at length on it there. But briefly, I would say David Robertson makes a lot of sense to come back to the Mets. He pitched really well in a Mets uniform. I don't worry at all about what happened in Miami. He went to a completely new clubhouse, which is not easy. Um, and, you know, didn't seem happy about getting traded again at the deadline. So I feel like if you were able to mend those fences and get him to come back and he was in a setup role, I think he would do very well. Joe Kelly is just discount bin Jordan Hicks. He doesn't throw quite as hard, but still does throw gas. I just don't think he's going to make as much money. So if you're trying to get this team under that $40 million umbrella, that's one of the areas where you're, you're cutting some costs. And then Brent Suter. I've talked about him a bunch. Just a dependable reliever who is going to get innings in your bullpen and probably pitch to a sub-3-5 ERA, right? somewhere between a, a, a 3 and a 3-6 probably, like somewhere in there. He's going to be just solid. So that would be my trio of relievers. You add a Seth Lugo or a Nick Martinez, and you roll with that. But the thing about everything I just broke down is this is dream team, right? So if we're talking the dream team, well, you know, maybe Steve Cohen is looking at his New York Mets and saying, I got Yamamoto, I got Soto in this scenario. I'm right there, ready to win. We're going to reset the books a lot next season with all the dead money coming off and everything else. Let's push the chips in even further. And let's let's see if we can have the first ever $400 million payroll. Let's get absolutely crazy. And with that, I will get to the final dream scenario in the next segment here about if money really becomes no object. And this is just Steve Cohen flipping the bird to every other owner and saying, I want this World Series. I got the executive I wanted. We swung two incredible deals. Let's just keep going, going, going. Foot on that gas pedal. What does that look like? We'll get to that next. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage of all the top stories in sports with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's get back to the... Yoshinobu Yamamoto Juan Soto dream team that's going to add some more high-priced players. Let's get after it. All right. Who we got? Instead of Joe Kelly, I mentioned it. It's Jordan Hicks, okay? You instead get the, you know, at this point, second-best reliever left on the market outside of Josh Hader who might get an obscene amount of money, but who cares? This is Steve Cohen's team. And then the move I haven't really addressed yet, but I have talked about on previous podcasts, you can find an episode on him. Tyler Glass now. Trading for Tyler Glass now. It's going to cost $25 million next season. The Rays aren't going to pay for that. They're going to trade him. Mets get into the mix and they swing that deal as well. So 
we're looking at a team that with those two additions, if you swap out Lugo or Martinez for Tyler Glass now, and you swap out Joe Kelly for Jordan Hicks, you're probably adding $20 million to an already absurd payroll. And you know what? Since it's already there, let's get nuts. Sign Joe Kelly too. Let's just really beef up the bullpen. In that dream team scenario, it's Yamamoto, Sango, Glasnow, Quintana. So that's a really good four. I mean, yeah, we could say, hey, sign Seth Lugo too, but now we're just getting greedy. I, I really do believe that between Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, and Jose Budo, those guys can cover the fifth starter spot. Now, trying to add two starting pitchers in this free agent class is going to be tough, but you know, maybe that's where you have to go to the trade market and get a guy like Glass now. So, again, that's a pretty good one through four. I mean, you're one through three. If you get into the playoffs and these guys are healthy and you have Yamamoto, Senga, and Glass now, I mean, come on. And Quintana as your four, I'd be good, good with that as well. The bullpen, Edwin Diaz, Jordan Hicks, David Robertson, Brooks Raley. You threw in Joe Kelly at the end because why not? Brent Suter, Drew Smith becomes your seventh reliever in that pen. Um, and then you know, like Phil Bickford. <laughs> and then the starting lineup is, as we already said before, Nimmo, Lindor, Soto, Alonzo, McNeil, Alvarez, Beatty, uh, Vientos, Marte, DJ Stewart, Ronnie Mauricio on the bench, Nervaez. The team needs a backup center fielder. Um, and, and also you could probably use one more bat. So if we're staying on the, the dream team, uh, you go out and you sign Justin Turner as well. Give yourself a legitimate DH, maybe a trademark Fientos in one of those deals, whether it's the Juan Soto deal or the Glass Now trade as that throwing piece. Um, and yeah, you roll with with Turner as your DH, gives you a little bit of insurance from Beatty and Mauricio at, at third. Again, I've talked about Turner on past podcasts. You can find those in your episode library as well. I think it is a really good fit when I broke down the free agents who I thought the Mets should reunite with. I don't know. I, Talked about a lot of them in this show again today. It's Justin Turner, David Robertson, Seth Lugo. So I think Justin Turner does fit this team a lot. That would add another significant salary where you're really pushing 400. Maybe you get even beyond that. Let's see how nuts you can do. Um, you know, Adam Duvall and Michael Taylor are you know, guys I think would be good final pieces on the Mets uh, if they got Juan Soto. If you put Justin Turner to the side, and you believed in you know Mauricio and Beatty and Vientos. Getting a fourth outfielder has some upside. Um, like Duvall, he can play some center field. You could have him as your DH. Really good high-end potential. He just gets hurt like every year, so that'd be the problem there. Michael Taylor is just a really high-floor fourth outfielder. He's probably going to get a chance to start in this free agent class, I think. But... You know, if you could find a way to get him to, to sign a board, uh, he'd be a really good backup center fielder. If we're going to close the show, though, getting back to the initial dream, which was just simply having Yamamoto and Soto, if you get those two guys and then you're trying to build a realistic team around them, we're going to, you know, swipe away all of that dream stuff with Glass now and Hicks. And we get back to the bullpen that has Joe Kelly instead of Hicks and not both. And you get back to a rotation that has Lugo or Martinez sitting in that four spot, and you're hoping that one of them can come through in a big way, along with all the other depth arms that you have, I still think there'd be enough there. You know, There'd be enough there in the rotation. There'd be enough there in the bullpen. And then the, I think the big question would be, you know, how would you manage center field? 
um, because you'd basically just have Brandon Nimmo on the roster if your outfielders were Nimmo, Soto, Marte, Stewart. But then there's Jeff McNeil. And I actually think that Jeff McNeil could be your backup center fielder in a scenario like this one or any other one, right? If you look at this free agent class and it doesn't make sense because Harrison Bader, Kevin Kiermeyer, Michael Taylor are all going to get paid too much because teams just need center fielders. And you already have Nemo in place. I honestly do think that Jeff McNeil can really serve as this team's fourth outfielder and their starting second baseman. He's done it in the corners. I feel like as long as Nemo stayed healthy, which is the big if, like McNeil could survive. And then having Drew Gilbert as a potential where, hey, if Nemo went down and you just needed somebody, him, Jet Williams, like to have those those high athleticism spark plug types that in a worst case scenario you could call on, I think it actually makes the Mets a little better suited in center field than it may seem on paper, which is just another tangent uh, that I had here as I was looking at the Juan Soto type Mets team, because again, if they were to swing that trade, I don't necessarily see them doing anything else on the position player front. Just like if they sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto, it's going to be hard to do another thing uh, on the, the free agent starting pitching market. There's so many teams competing for these starters that if you're, you know, Seth Lugo's agent, you're holding out and all of a sudden you might be sitting in this incredible position where there's a bidding war ensuing for Seth Lugo where the guy might make 15, 16 million dollars per season, which I wouldn't call likely at this juncture, but I don't know how this free agent market's going to go here. I mean, seriously, like the the Yankees, they need pitching. The Cardinals, they signed Lance Lynn, they still need pitching. The Red Sox, if they wanted to compete, they need pitching. The Phillies are apparently not done even after re-signing NOLA. The Diamondbacks just went to the World Series. They still need pitching. The Rangers don't really need pitching, but they might just get some anyway because, you know, why not? You know, the Astros theoretically could use some more proven pitching, although they have a lot of guys coming back from injury potential that can fill that out. And that's just off the top of my head. The Dodgers, they need pitching. So the trade market is going to be really fascinating. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot of deals done uh, with certain teams that are just going to see the writing on the wall the same way the Mets did at the deadline and the White Sox did, and are just going to say, we're going to keep being sellers. I think the White Sox are one of them. Um, They just got five players for a relief pitcher this offseason already making a trade. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Brewers – Go about this. You know, are the Brewers going to be a big time seller after Woodruff went down and Council left and Burns and Adamas set to hit free agency? They're a team that could sell. So there's a lot that are are interesting. If the Angels lose Otani, do they go all in on on a sell? The Guardians, they might trade Shane Bieber and, you know, potentially some relievers if they wanted to just capitalize on the market. It's going to be pretty fascinating. But if I had my dream, this is my dream team. It just comes down to those two players. It's Yamasoto. I want Yoshinobu Yamamoto to be headline the Mets rotation more than anything. And I want Juan Soto in that Mets lineup. Maybe the best course of action is to sign Yamamoto now and just hope that Scott Boris can push Soto through to free agency. And then best of both worlds, you keep your prospects too. In 2025 is where the Yamasoto dream becomes a reality. Till then, I'll just keep hoping for it. And uh, 
sure you guys will as well. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Trying to make a push 10,000 subs. So appreciate all of you who hit that subscribe. And of course, if you want to be a Locked On Mets insider, you can find the link in the episode description. Go to subtext.com slash locked on Mets. And check out Locked On's first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top stories in sports with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.